SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid Radio Network. And away we go. We've got Vegas Sportsbook Radio for you, and we're excited to be with you. Brian Blessing and Andy Isco, we are out at Sunset Station on a Friday from the STN Sports Studios. Stevie Slapshot is back in the KSHP Studios. How you doing, pal? Doing good, bud. Hanging in here. Another day at the beach. Another? Fired up. Yeah. Kind, kind of, huh? Back on the beam, back in town. Good to see Andy Isco. New haircut, fresh as a daisy. Did your baseball trip looking good? Uh, yeah, only only got one game in because of the um, dynamics uh, with the All-Star break uh, starting last week, so I wasn't able to get a Yankee game in. And uh, the Phillies were on the road when I made my annual, tri- or, well, it used to be annual, missed last year, trek to uh, visit some uh, college friends outside of Philly. But we did make it to the uh, Mets-Pirates game last weekend at uh, City Field. Caught a game. By the way, great giveaway they had there. A uh, DeGrom jersey for all the fans, I think, uh, uh, and it's nice, extra large. They gave out to everybody, so I can actually wear that. You one. picked a good day. I remember when we were kids. Maybe you were more Mets than Yankees, but when I was a little kid, lived in northeastern Pennsylvania. Probably made, I'd say three or four of them. Let me guess, bat day. Bat day. That was always. The I remember the bat man. Day. I remember the. Man is it a good magazine. idea to be? Is it a good idea to be giving bats to crowds in this day and age? Not today, but <laughs> do you remember the Mad Magazine parody where they had Bat Day and they showed these animal bats flying around Yankee Stadium? <laughs> that was Bat Day. But uh, actually, uh, if you're talking about when we were growing up, they used to have Banner Day, which used to be between games of the doubleheader, and the fans were on the field and unfurled their banners and everything, and. Uh, they, I don't know how long that lasted, maybe eight or ten years, but I was thinking now with these double headers. Now, of course, a lot of them aren't scheduled, so you really don't have the time to prepare, but maybe one uh, one day a year they would uh, treat the fans with a regularly scheduled double header. Uh, and, well, next year I, I, they're going to go back to nine-inning games. They're going to do away with that seven-inning, and they're going to do away with the, uh, the the ridiculous one of starting the runner on second and extra You don't innings. like that, huh? No. I, I can live with the seven-inning doubleheaders. I don't I don't like them, but look, that's the way they've been doing it in the minor leagues for a long time. That's okay. I, I don't like it if I had my... Let me put this way. If I had my choice of, of keeping one rule, either the seven-inning doubleheaders or the starting the guy on second, I'd keep the seven-inning doubleheaders way before I'd ever consider putting that guy on second for extra innings. I think that's just a... Uh, that that that's a gimmick. I can understand the seven inning double headers because of the. I'm I'm not one of those who is concerned about the time. You go to a baseball game. It's the beauty of baseball. It could last uh, as long as it takes. But I understand from a uh, fatigue standpoint, from a uh, a roster standpoint, and usage standpoint that maybe you know 14 instead of 18 innings. I still prefer the nine innings, but I do not like that uh, that gimmick of the uh, guy on second. Buddy. Yankees Red Sox game put on the shelf. I mean, the reality is a lot of good news, new variant. You know, we're going to be dealing with this for the foreseeable it's future, up and down, in and out, right? It's I mean, unfortunate it's a- we hadn't seen it, but apparently this new variant is very powerful and, uh, you know, it did. It mostly, but not entirely, affects those who were not vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you still catch it, but uh, the, the vast majority of those who do catch it are either asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms. But those who are not vaccinated get the full 
brunt of it, and we saw it, you know, Yankees, uh, six guys, I believe, have tested positive. Three of them were vaccinated. Three of them were not vaccinated. And, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of return to normalcy. So when you talk about baseball team with the sure. players, they're high-fiving each other. They're hugging each other. Uh, I don't know what the shower situation is, but there's a lot more possibility uh, for it to be spread from you know, vac- two vaccinated players because of the close contact that they make just in the course of doing a game. I mean, it's nice to see everyone high-fiving and, you know, doing all the things that we're used to seeing, but there is a, there's a little risk in there now. The reality is, listen, as much as we've learned, the, the most important thing, obviously, the vaccine. But the fact that it's it can be treated better and yeah. they've learned the they've best. Learned appro- a lot. They've learned a lot, but there are still great unknowns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, as far as results of those who question, you know, the efficacy of the vaccine, we have less than a year's worth of study since it's actually been put into uh, into practice. Now, of course, as as we, we have to admit as well, we started from a, a better starting point than in past years. We we know an awful lot about biology, immunology, et cetera, uh, from the from uh, you know from the from the get go. So the fact that these things are happening a lot quicker than say you know decades ago is not a surprise. But we still don't know all the answers, and you know we may not know the answers for another several years. That's why I think the vac- the vaccines are still under emergency use as opposed to full approval. And I think that that's got and I I understand it that that's got some people concerned. I I. I got the, the two vaccine shots. I had no problem, no side effects, but I can understand the concern. And I guess if they really wanted to make the message, they would. And, and you don't want them to approve it just to approve it. But if the signs are there, that might. Uh, uh, hey, but I mean, but I, it's still going to be a concern during the season, more than we thought, but not nearly sure. as much as last year. And honestly, what do we know? We're sports knuckleheads. I mean, new variants could keep popping up. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably true. I mean, I, I, it was a tough night last night with nothing really to watch. I was looking forward to that Yankees-Red Sox game. Oh, no, it was good. I needed the respite so I could get an early nap for the British Open and the ridiculous oh, right, clock yes. I'm on. Louis Oosthuizen, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, the cream of the crop. Looks like an interesting weekend. I love the Lynx golf, Andy. Yeah. And what's odd, how about the weather at this thing? It's Surprising. sunny, and it's going to be good for all four days. days. Pretty consistent conditions, it does appear. And what was good, too, you know, you have the morning and the afternoon, guys, and sometimes they you could be a victim of the tea times. For the most part, it's been a pretty level playing field. Uh, I, I just got back in town Wednesday night, so I didn't get a chance to really study all the uh, the props. But do you recall, I know the Westgate... Uh, Winning months. score yeah. well, was... How much under par? It opened... Uh, Nine under would have been the winner. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. The technology grand. Keep it here on the the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Network. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, we're back with you here. Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the STN Sports Studios. Sunset Station out in Henderson, and we always invite you when you come in from out of town. Check out where the locals stay, play. I think you'll really like it. And the STN mobile app is spectacular. Chuck Esposito will join us in a little while. 
It's great to see Andy Isco again. He had his big trip back east. Brian Blessing with you, Stevie Slapshot's back in studio. It was great for me. Andy, I had my little four-day, four-and-a-half-day break to see friends that I hadn't seen for, you know, the bottom line, a couple of years. How would you like the humidity? You know what? It was the weirdest weather. It either poured, then it would be sun, then it would be a snap of humidity. It was not constant humidity. But the weather was just really bizarre in the Northeast. Yeah, so we had that. I uh, spent uh, time on Long Island, up in western Massachusetts, and uh, outside Philadelphia, and the weather was pretty consistent. Uh, sunshine was a rumor for much of the visit. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, there were also some very, very nice days. But uh, that's humidity. Now I remember why. The first reason was to get out of the snow, and the second was to get out of that summer humidity. People talk about, and we, we joke about it, oh, well, you know, 118 degrees here. Well, it's a dry heat. You know what? A dry heat is still a lot better than 95 and 95% humidity. You were probably, for the most part, more in the cities. But the one thing that was I did I do miss, man, the colors. It was as yeah. green as can be with all the rain, too. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it was beautiful. All right, so second half of the baseball season, but football's coming fast now. I mean, literally, like the first week of preseason games is a month away now. The uh, Hall of Fame game is, uh, what, a couple of weeks? It's incredible. Have you started to oh, yes. do your due diligence? So, uh, so what are you putting more time into college, big time, trying to? I'm trying to split it between the, the between the two, probably spending a little bit more time on the colleges because the changes from last year. Well, college normally has a lot of changes. you got 130 you know, uh, FBS programs, uh, but even now with the new transfer rule, the immediate, the immediacy of the ability to transfer uh, means that there are even more changes from season to season uh, than there have in the NFL. is pretty straightforward. You, you know, we've had the draft, we've had the, uh, the the majority of the free agency, and there's more continuity in the NFL. Uh, from season to season than there is in college football. Yeah, Alabama's always going to be great, and uh, uh, the the teams at the bottom are generally always going to be bad, but there's more opportunity in college football for a team uh, to make a dramatic change either up or down just by the virtue of seniors graduating and not a lot of depth and uh, uh, taking time to get the uh, underclassmen playing time. You know, when we get to preseason football, it's that time of year. The sports book here is jumping. Saratoga's racing. Delmar's opening. The summer tracks for the horse players. I mean, that's kind of nirvana. And then you get the babies, you start looking ahead uh, to the Kentucky Derby. But boy, the the horse players normally they're grinding away, but there's something special when Saratoga and opening day for Delmar's. It's an ev- those are events, not just race meets. They are events. Yeah, good fields. The weather's great for the most part. Saratoga can get pretty snarky up there. But right now, of all the places, Saratoga is where the weather can get really nasty. And they've been, hours. they've been fast and firm and sunny skies. It looks great in the Adirondacks. Yeah, I had a couple of invitations to uh, go to uh, yesterday's uh, opening day at Saratoga. But unfortunately, my plans were made in advance, and I had not considered that. And uh uh, one of these days I will make that. One of these days I'll do that pilgrimage I keep talking about to Saratoga That's a good word. and the uh, uh, Cooperstown. Oh, man, Cooperstown. Stevie, you're a West Coast guy. You ever been to Cooperstown? I have not. I need, I, I, Andy, let's go together. I did that when I was a, I mean, I was really Yeah, a, that'd, a be, that'd be kid. fun. I keep 
talking about it. We're, we we have a place up in uh, Western Massachusetts, it's a place called Monterey, not to be confused with uh, the Pacific Coast. And to tell you how small a town it is, the big city near is Great Barrington, and it's not that great big of a city because the city beyond that is, is Pittsfield. But anyway, that's about a 90-minute drive from Cooperstown, so we don't even have to, we would not have to even go and stay overnight if we didn't want to. But uh, uh, I, I prefer going there when I make a trip in May. But if I make a trip in May, that precludes going to uh, Saratoga. So a lot of factors will come into play. But next year might be another trip around this time, and we'll try and do both. So with football season coming in, you have a great proxy service for football contests, be it uh, at the Superbook over at the Westgate, the Super Contest. By the way, if you want to play in the golf tournament on Super Contest weekend, give them a call over. It'll fill up quickly. Oh, it is filling up, and it's a, it's a, the Las Vegas Country Club. Give Rosemary a call over at the Superbook at the Westgate. And we do the big giveaway. People sign up that week, and when you come in and sign up that week, then they have a big drawing I kind of MC the thing, have now for almost a decade. And they give away five entries to the Super free Contest. Entry, Those right? are big prizes. I know you try for your free entry on the golf course. I hit it once. I know. The, the one year they, they was do. It, was it closest to the pin? Was that the one? They do a closest to the pin. The funny thing is I'm a hacker. You know, I mean, I have my moments. But they'll do a closest to the pin for it was a $1,500 entry into the Super Contest on the one par three. No, that's a, by the way, it's $1,000 this year. They now it's down. The they lowered entry. it, yes. And they took out the rake. Okay, so the one year, it was the last hole we played. It was number 17, which is a cool par three over water. And I striped, and it was playing into the wind. I striped the four iron about two feet. So I got the closest to the pin, and I won a $50 restaurant certificate. It was the wrong hole. <laughs> but, but honestly, I got two. By the way, did you make the putt? No, oh, it was a kicking. Oh, okay. But then two years ago, on the proper par three, I actually hit a six iron three feet and actually won the entry into the Super Contest. I mean, I can't, I can't win anything via drawing. I'm involved with it. But if I hit it and earn it, I'm taking it. Now, knowing, knowing what the casinos have the power to do, They've not barred you from the uh, par three uh, qualification this year, have they? No, I mean, b- believe me, that's uh, Haley's comment stuff is amazing. The two good shots came in that golf tournament, but it's great fun. But the but the football contest, what kind of feedback are you getting from people in terms of getting back on the beam? Pandemic, for the most part, behind us coming into Vegas for the football contest. A, a lot of positive feedback, a lot of interest. Uh, uh, they've already gotten uh, over 100 entries, I think, at each of the contests. I think over 300 at uh, Circa, over 100 at the uh, at the Westgate, and I know that uh, they're approaching uh, the high, high, I think, high double digits right now, if I remember, over at uh, Tony Miller's place, Golden Nugget, for their contest, which is a unique contest because that one combines college and pro football uh, handicapping. Um, a lot of positive feedback with the changes made at the Westgate this year, lowering the entry fee, the taking out of the rake. They've got nine mini contests there's there's no early bird deadline anymore so if you enter the main contest you've got six three-week contests throughout the season and six three uh six three-week contests you know one to one through three etc so that's it that the quarterly contests at the circa are still in there of course the circa has i think for the circa million they've got a four million i think it's a four million dollar guaranteed uh, prize pool six million guaranteed for their survivor contest which is a king of the hill last man standing type contest you can only use a team once it is straight up not against the points uh and i think i i said after last season they were going to get at least five thousand this year and the reason being it was the first year last year 
a lot, a great portion of the field was eliminated in week one when Jacksonville went into Indianapolis and upset the Colts. Nonetheless, and the, the, there was a little twist. Thanksgiving Day was a separate week, so it was a 17-week season, but 18 weeks in the contest. Thir- I think it was 35 or 36 people ended up going perfect. They split two point, almost $2.4 million. I think it was about 70-something thousand dollars for each of them. And when you get that kind of people going unbeaten, 35, 36, everyone's going to say, hey, that many people can do it. I can do it. So I said that they're going to have at least 5,000 this year. Um, and I think they guaranteed a prize pool of $6 million. Wow. And then there's a little twist there. But the feedback has been great, and I think we're going to see a big jump from last year uh, in both contests. And when Chuck Esposito joins us a little later, I'm going to tell you about the contest they're going to have. Entry forms are still are right now available. Yep, right contest. here at Stations Casinos. Okay, Brian Blessing, Andy Esco, Stevie Slapshot's back in the KSHP studios. Our producer back in New York's Chris Bavona. Racing towards a weekend. We're having fun. We love coming out to Henderson. Glad to be with you. Sirius 204 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Radio Network. All right, back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the STN Sports Studios out at Sunset Station in Henderson. Brian Blessing with Andy Isco from The Logical Approach, our pal Stevie Slapshot. He's back in the KSHP studios. So second half of the baseball season, Andy, out of the gate. We had Adam Burke on earlier in the week. He gave us some teams to watch. He kind of thought maybe Cincinnati was an interesting second-half team. You got a team or two in baseball, a second-half team? Yeah, I also thought that uh, I did uh, the show with our good friend Ken Thompson last night. We basically did a review of the divisions and what we thought. And uh, I was trying to come up. uh, I was thinking if I could come up with a case for the Yankees making the playoffs, but I just can't get there in the American leagues. I ultimately went with Tampa Bay uh, winning that division and Boston finishing second. Although I think Toronto is going to be uh, an interesting factor there if they can uh, solidify some of that pitching. And again, we'll, we'll know within two weeks, trading deadline is two weeks from today, July 30th, how these teams uh, line up as far as what acquisitions, if any, they make, who they sell off. Interesting to see what the Cubs will do. Will they just throw in the towel on this season and make some of their players available who are uh, coming up on, uh, on option years or contract years? Uh, Cincinnati was the team in the uh, Central. I think I think Milwaukee has enough there. They're they're up right now in first place. Uh, I like what I've seen out of uh, Cincinnati's uh, rotation. Spe- uh, Sonny Gray, you know, struggled in New York, but he was brilliant in Oakland. He's been outstanding in his couple of years with Cincinnati. And then Luis Castillo, who struggled really in his first 10 or 12 starts, has pitched very well of late. So I think Cincinnati can make a move, but I've got to like Milwaukee uh, with that rotation of. Uh, uh, of um, Corbin Burns, uh, uh, Woody, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Woodward, uh, Woodard, and um, uh, the other one that comes to mind slips my mind yeah, right now. But uh, they they've got enough. I I don't think St. Louis or uh, um, or the Cubs have enough to make a role. Nationally, West will be interesting. With uh, oh, that goes to the final weekend. Uh, it, it should. I think the Giants will have staying power. I mean, everyone talks about Galsman and the great season he's having. How about Anthony? Do you think the run the the run production continues? 
uh, might ta- slack off a little bit, but let's see if they make a big acquisition prior to the uh, deadline because the Giants have to feel very much that they're in contention. I mean, their season win total was 74.5. They will exceed that probably by the end of uh, August. And uh, you know, in the Amer- in the American League, uh, I think the White Sox are the team. You know, they're they're in first place. They've been the most consistent team. I thought, even despite the fact that Dallas Keuchel has been consistent, the starter, and and Lucas Giolito had a breakout year in 2019, uh, has not uh, pitched as well. But they've gotten some good bullpen things. And in the West, uh, I think Oakland and uh, Houston will be in the playoffs. I think Oakland has enough to win the division. But I've been I've been impressed with Houston. I think they're. They're playing with a collective chip on their shoulder to prove that their World Series win uh, was not a fluke, despite the uh, the cheating. That the team is good enough, and of course they're they're not as strong offensively as they uh, were. And I think they just got passed by the Dodgers for the best run differential in baseball. But Houston, before they went into a little bit of an offensive slump before the uh, uh, before the All Star break, they were banging the ball away. You got Zach Ranke, and remember, there's been no Justin Verlander, so they're doing it with some of the young players that they have, the kids like Garcia and Valdez and McCullers. Stevie is a Red Sox fan, pal. You're going to be all smiles, 55 and 36. Yeah, a little concerned about the way they ended the first half there the last week or so. But uh, but Chris Sale's coming back, too, in, in about a month they're looking at right now. So, uh, they'll you know, starting pitching-wise, they'll be even stronger. That, that's if Sale comes back healthy. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I I don't know that I would count on Sale, but if you get any sort of even decent, decent performance from him, uh, he's uh, that that's a bonus, and he's probably still uh, better than anyone on the current rotation. Andy, you mentioned the Yankees, and you said you couldn't make a case. Uh, you know, looking at the wild card race, Tampa Bay two game lead over the A's, then the Mariners, Jays, Cleveland, then the Yankees, four and a half out of a wild card. So is it is it mostly a fate on them or? The teams they have to jump. I think is mostly a fade on uh, on the Yankees. They've been hit with a lot of injuries. You're still not getting the kind of production out of uh, uh, Stanton that uh, you had hoped for. Uh, Judge is uh, is, is you know, capable, but they've been disappointed with guys like uh, uh, Glaber Torres has really struggled. They switched him over, you know, to shortstop, and I think that that's affected him not just in the field but at the plate as well. Um, you've got. Uh, uh, maybe they regret letting Didi Gregorius go because he was he, he was a solid player on the field, but he was also great for the chemistry of the team. Mm-hmm. And the starting rotation is somewhat suspect. No Severino, who was uh, you know so good a couple of years ago, but he's you know he's been injured, and you know they're losing uh, a couple of pitchers right now. And now they've got the COVID issue. Of course, that's more short term. But uh, the the American League East, I think. Tampa Bay just continues to amaze with what they do with basically so limited resources. They've mastered the art of the opener slash uh, starter of undecided pitchers, the bullpen by committee, not just for the bullpen, but for the entire game. And they continue to perform well. And, Boston, you know, the two biggest surprises of baseball this year, Boston and the American League, San Francisco in the National League, and neither of them really show signs of, uh, of slowing down. Uh, the Dodgers, which was a team that I, I played under their 103 and a half, they're on a pace to fall a little short of that right now, although they've been playing better. But they've also been inconsistent. And again, injuries um, make it... Uh, uh, very possible for a team that's flying high to all of a sudden go on that two-week spell while a couple of the guys are, you know, on the DL. Uh, they managed to overcome, you know, Cody Bellinger being out for a while and uh, 
Uh, you know, Kershaw, at this stage of his career, is always an injury risk with his back, etc., and his you know, uh, uh, unorthodox delivery that he that he has, but has managed to put up some outstanding numbers in, in uh, what will be a Hall of Fame career. But Andy, uh, are, are they looking at picking up a starter here? I don't know if the Dodgers are. I know they, 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 they may be looking to move Price back into the rotation. He's only made, I think, two starts. He made one early in the season. And I want to say he made one within the within the last two weeks. And of course, he's been a proven starter, although he's you know at the latter part of his career. So they may have him, and they do have some depth. So uh, Gonsolin's another one who's been getting some opportunities. In addition, Walker Bueller may be the right now uh, the only person to contend with Jacob Degrom for uh, the Cy Young Award. Uh, Bueller's been having an outstanding season. Uh, the Dodgers are in good shape if they can avoid the injuries. I think a lot of us expected San Diego to be a contender with the Dodgers, but I don't know that anybody expected the Giants this deep into the season to be a contender. So that's where the Dodgers uh, the Dodgers will be tested when they get to the playoffs, assuming things stay pretty much close to where they are now because they're getting competition from us, the Giants and the Padres. Today, Texas and Toronto. Toronto minus 250, totals 9.5 under being played at Salem Field in Buffalo. What do you make of the Blue Jays, Andy? Four and a half out in the wild card race. But, I mean, these poor guys playing in Tampa, then they kind of get settled in in Buffalo. Now they're juggling whether or not they're going back to Toronto. They were were talking either right after the All-Star break, but probably now early August. And I think that will be a huge uh, boost for Toronto. I like this team, uh, no question about the offense, the pitching. Coming around a little bit, Robbie Ray uh, going tonight. Of course, he had to start his fine career in uh, in Arizona, and he's uh, he's coming into form. He's pitched more good than bad lately. Uh, it's going to be tough for, let's say the it's going to be tough, I think, for the Yankees or Toronto to catch either Tampa Bay or Boston. But I give Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. I give Toronto a better chance of catching. Of, of catching, let's say Tampa Bay, yeah. and challenge for that's the, one of the wild cards, and then I do the Yankees. There's just there's a lot of pressure. Uh, Aaron Boone, the manager, is taking all the heat. Cashman, the GM, is being roundly criticized, and this is something that started in the off season for some of the off season moves that he made, and that he didn't make. We talked about uh, uh, earlier, uh, Jamison uh, Tayon, the uh, pitcher that they got from Pittsburgh. He struggled tremendously. He pitched a little bit better of late, but that was expected to be a significant addition to the rotation. So Toronto, they've got a lot of young players. This is a team that's on the rise. I want to see the pitching develop a little bit because Toronto may be this year's Chicago White Sox. And what I mean by that is I saw the White Sox coming along in, in uh, late 2019 and uh, you know can't make much of last year that they were a team on the rise. And I think that Toronto may be that team this year where they might be worth a shot uh, next year in 2021 to uh, 2022 to uh, make a big move. Are there certain teams, Andy, you, you gravitate to uh, and, and you can just get a good read on them? And I remember the one year it was the Phillies and there were certain pitchers and it was like it just had a real good feel for it. I'm telling you, not a good baseball team, but Baltimore's a team. You know, they're playing Kansas City today. Totals nine and a half. I do think there's runs in this game. 
But Baltimore, 8 and 2 to the over in their last 10. And I've been playing Baltimore yeah, they, over. They've had their moment. I think Detroit is another team that's uh, been able the to. The other put way, because of runs. pitching. Mike Lewis talked about yeah, that. Yeah, they get involved because they've been able to put runs on the board, but they give them up equally as well uh, from their uh, their pitching. So they are also a team that uh, I look to play over. You know, the teams, the, I think the division I didn't really talk about was the National League East, where uh, just based on the way their roster is constructed, I have to like the Mets to be able to win that division because Atlanta's just been so hard hit by injuries. Uh, you know, they're, they're fantastic young pitcher. Soroka, uh, well, I think he had one of the ACL or, or one of those injuries that's kept him out all year. He's had a setback, so he won't be back. And now you've got Azuna uh, lost for the season and into next year. So Atlanta's been really hard hit. Uh, Freed has had a fine year. Morton, who goes tonight, is having a, a, a decent season. Uh, Washington, you know, they've done it all without Strasburg for basically the entire season, but they may have a little bit too much ground to make up. Although, you know, remember last uh, when they won the World Series a couple of years ago, they were what 10, 11 games under 500 in June, and they made their uh, big run. Miami, uh, they're still a ways away, and then the Phillies. And Aaron Nola has not been having a fine season, and uh, he's basically been the, uh, Zach Wheeler is another one who's having an outstanding season, but the Phillies may find it tough. When we come back, we'll talk about the NBA final on the weekend. Hey, it's a Friday. It's lunchtime. If you're hungry, our friends at John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. On this Friday, 20% off any combo meal. And all day on Fridays, the six-inch subs, you know, they're only five bucks. And that's the case on weeknights now after 6 p.m. Brian Blessing, Andy Isco, out at Sunset Station. Stevie Slapshot back in the KSHP studios. Back on Sportsbook Radio in a moment. the winning edge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Andy Isco, we're out at Sunset Station. Stevie's back in the KSHP studio. Stevie, you all right? I got a fever. You got a fever, buddy? What's the prescription? I need more cowbell. <laughs> Chris Bavone, our producer, started this, you know. <laughs> well, no. Well, actually, SNL and um, Wes Farrell, right? Farrell? Will Farrell. Will Farrell. Started it. Well, yeah, and... <laughs> Christopher Walken was amazing. Uh, too funny. All right. The NBA Finals, Andy, down to a best of three. I got to ask you, I talked, we talked about it yesterday, Stevie, and my good friend who I had gone back east to golf with called me last night, and he just goes bananas. And he was talking about the officiating at the end of that game. What do you make of that, that – I mean, literally, guys were getting tackled and mugged. There were a lot of no calls. Then there was the inbound pass that was basically, I'm sorry, a violation. And then yeah, that two, was that two, was so obvious. Well, the problem with that, and it's easy to just chirp about refs all the time in all sports. And I get it, but during play, a guy steps out of bounds to inbound it, you know, and sometimes they they take a little poetic license with it in the second quarter and they get you under hands and they kind of let it go. But that was a situation where Phoenix is trying to trap 
and if the game's still in doubt, and Giannis is hustling to get the ball inbounds, I'm sorry. There's no way you can look at that and say, sorry, that's a violation. That should have been yeah, there's, Phoenix there's, basketball. Uh, yeah, there, there's no judgment involved there. A lot of these calls, fouls, you can say it both ways, there's judgment. That's a clear violation. I mean, that's something that... Uh, uh, again, judgment is not required. It was very clear, and uh, that should be uh, that should be something that should be correctable. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, the game was it was basically still in doubt. Likely, Milwaukee's going to win, but without doubt, certainly had an impact on Milwaukee covering that number. Oh yeah, in fact, these teams have met six times now, including two in the regular season. The home team is five and one both straight up and ATS Phoenix in the regular season was the only team uh, to win on the road. They won at Milwaukee in their regular season meeting, but the point spread has not uh, come into play. The winner of the game has covered each of the uh, six games and, you know, the line for, uh, uh, for, uh, for, for game five tomorrow night four. is pretty much in line. It was four and a half. Mm-hmm. I think the last three games, I think the opening game was Phoenix by uh, five. And I think, uh, I think if I remember, Giannis was uh, uncertain for that one. Well, that was he was he, yes he was. It was a game time decision. Played like what he played thirty five minutes. Yeah, but the but but the the line is where it is now. That suggests that there's a huge home court advantage. You're talking about a four and a half five point home court advantage between you know for for each of these these teams. But the line uh, is uh, is where it's been, and the home team, as I say, covered. Uh, it's an interesting the situation. Uh, if, if you can call it a situation, because we're now basically talking about a best two out of three season to wrap it up. But uh, Phoenix has been uh, remarkable at home this year. They have to feel that they, I won't say gave the game away on uh, uh, the other night, on Wednesday night. I, I think Milwaukee took it from them when they given with the opportunity with that strong uh, fourth quarter. I would expect a big effort out of uh, Phoenix. So I would expect the uh, uh, the home win and cover continues. And then that sets it up for uh, the uh, game six in Milwaukee. Uh, The funny thing, though, Stevie and I talked about this yesterday. I just wonder, Phoenix was very much in control of both games in Phoenix. Very, I mean, never in doubt. You know, I mean, sure, a run could come, but it never had that. Well, the first game, of course, also, Milwaukee was tired from that, their extended series against Atlanta. And Giannis back in the lineup. But now Milwaukee gets a little bit of a, a push here and some momentum. But the way Phoenix won comfortably those first two games, and then, yeah, it was a great, you know, close game, game four. I really wonder, though, if the pressure is not substantial in Phoenix right now. Uh, well, you, you, it depends how you look at it. If Milwaukee is going to win the title, they're going to have to win at least one game on the road. All Phoenix has to do is hold serve, whether they win by one or by 21. If they win game five, uh, you know, they're in control of the series. You know, game six now becomes the first true must-win game for the team that's down 3-2, mm-hmm. okay? I think the, the, I, I think there's pressure on both teams, but it's a different kind of pressure. I wonder, can you get the kind of performance out of Middleton in game five that we saw in game four with the 40 points, et cetera? So uh, that, you know, is Aiton going to be more effective? Uh, I have to believe Chris Paul is going to play a much better game than he did in game four, and, and that's the key. All right. Believe me, it's a short read, but you read my mind. That has Paul worn down a little bit? Has Milwaukee figured something out here because he's not been the dominant 
player the past two games. And I mean, you know, he's been around the block. Playing on the road doesn't bother him. No, it just may be, you know, that uh, just, uh, you know, game three was all right, but game four was a terrible performance. And, you know, these guys are still humans. They're still pros. They're going to have their occasional bad game. Let's give Milwaukee some credit. Let's see what happens uh, on, you know, on game five. I would expect Paul to have uh, certainly a much better game than, uh, uh, than he had Wednesday, but probably a game along the lines of what we saw in games one and games two. And I don't know if Middleton can, re- can repeat what he did. And, you know, Giannis free throw shooting is still a concern. And in a tight game, uh, even in a even a game in which Milwaukee may have a lead, maybe Phoenix starts fouling a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter to close the gap. Because, you know, if if you if you concede that Giannis makes even one out of two, that's you know that's better than a lot of his performances have been. So uh, Phoenix always has that card to play uh, with uh, Giannis's free throw shooting. And I don't know about the deal about the ten seconds and all that. If they're gonna you know, how strictly <laughs> they're gonna enforce that. I mean. I don't know that it's a dumb rule, but if it's a rule, you know, at least enforce it there. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I think Phoenix comes away with Game Five, and then I'm not sure what I do with uh, with Game Six because if indeed Phoenix wins Game Five, the pressure's all on, the the pressure's on Milwaukee in both games six and seven. The pressure will be on both teams in Game Seven, but Milwaukee would have to win on the road. Um, I think Milwaukee's big shot is to win Game Six. You know, I, or I'm sorry, is to game win five. game five. Yeah, is ride the momentum, get the W here, get your kick at it to close it out at home. I mean, uh, you know, winning game seven on the road, can it be done? Sure. I don't know what the numbers are, but I believe the winner of game five has a significant edge in winning a best of seven. Series oh, in hockey, when, it goes it, up, when they go up three two. In hockey, I believe Stevie, does this sound right? Because we were talking about that. I think it was like seventy eight percent. Yeah, maybe even a tick higher, pushing eighty. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know, and, and I was talking uh, the other night with a few people actually. I think maybe with with, with Ken last night that because uh, he 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 I think said that uh, you know if if Phoenix doesn't win the title, it'll be like a disappointing season. I, I think, regardless of what happens, Phoenix did not have high expectations coming into the season. They got the number one seed, and they played extremely well. By any standard, they're going to be uh, – you know, they'll be disappointed, obviously, but they will have said, we had a very successful season. We came basically out of nowhere. We had that eight-game winning streak in the bubble last year, which almost got us into the playoffs when we were you know, way out of it, and they built upon that momentum. They got Chris Paul. And then, on the other hand, Milwaukee's been a contending team for the last three years, so – if there's going to be a team that's going to be disappointed and say it wasn't a successful season, I would think it would be Milwaukee if they don't win much more yeah, than it would be Phoenix. But to a degree, and not to shoot holes at anything they've done because they were entertaining. They were a very public team at the windows and go, hey, this cool story keeps on going. But when you sit back, they beat a banged-up Lakers team and they beat the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. And then Giannis was banged up here at the beginning of the series. We'll see. It's a best of three. Yeah, I. I it's always speculation because then you turn it around and you say, well, you know, how good is Phoenix if they couldn't beat a banged up Laker team or a banged up uh, Clippers team? So they did what they had to do against the people that they were playing. Yeah, it was shorthanded. It's unfortunate because, you know, when you make your future wagers before the start of the playoffs, not so much before the start of the season, because it's a long season, but you do it before the start of the playoffs, you do it with the presumption that 
basically the guys on the roster at the start of the series are going to be the, at the start of the playoffs are going to be the ones who are going to play throughout the playoffs. And when you lose players either for the entirety of the uh, remainder of the playoffs or for significant portions, it changes uh, anything. But that's why you play a best of seven so that uh, uh, teams that are shorthanded can make that overcoming or teams that uh, have to prove something are able to prove it even against a shorthanded opponent. Now that it's a best of three, totals about 218 and a half. It's come down a couple of points. Are you of the mindset that the defensive intensity really picks up or not necessarily? I'm, and I'm, I'm wondering if the yeah, don't have adjustment a, to yeah. the under was enough. Uh, I, I think it was. I mean, they still had that crazy fourth quarter where they scored a lot of points when it looked like the total was going to stay well under. It, it did stay under. What was it? I think it landed 212. The total was 221. But it looked like that game could be in the barely, you know, two zeros, you know, zero zero two zero zero, 0 uh, for a good part of the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, I would think that the defensive intensity would be there. They would tend to play a lower pace, but that's not the style of play of these teams. And uh, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have any feel for the total in this game, and I really haven't had much of a feel for the total uh, throughout the series because these, uh, you know, again, what are you going to get from Giannis from the free throw line? Four from 13, two for 11, mm-hmm. six for eight. You know, all that factors into the total. I think the total is appropriate where it is. But that doesn't necessarily mean I have a, a confidence either way in that one. I would, I, I guess, I won't say common sense, but uh, uh, tactical sense would suggest a lower scoring, considering each game is now that much more precious, and you don't want to be the ones that makes a mistake or or falls behind. So it'll be interesting also see how these teams use their timeouts. Stevie did some mathematical homework for us. Yeah. So when they're tied at two-two in a best of five, now this is just NBA. Uh, and the, the winner of Game 5, 82.8% of the time goes on to win the series. That's, that's just NBA, correct? Yes. Yeah, so that's like uh, 5 out of 6. And again, I think you know, winning a Game 7 on the road significantly harder in basketball. I mean, hockey, you know, the goalie can be the great equalizer and steal one for you. Yeah, and the, cor- the crowd is much more involved as far as the closest of the players in in basketball so whatever i mean these guys are usually pretty good at tuning at tuning it out it's not something but you know how are the refs as far as tuning it out do they feel intimidated by the home crowd which is why we see the differences so much but you you know you're sometimes trying to come up with reasons that 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 may not exist even though they make sense they they may not actually uh you know work out as as far as playing into it but uh, i i think we see the better effort out of chris paul i think we see the better effort out of phoenix because i think phoenix realized game 5 game 4 rather was theirs to win mm-hmm. and they didn't and they want to take control of game 5 and see it through four quarters not just three by the way basketball with fans is a good thing <laughs> you know, but here come the Olympics and be basketball without fans again. Yeah, I have some concerns about uh, concerns about how smoothly these. Olympics I don't know. Are going to go. It's it's not. It's weird. I mean, the athletes are arriving there. They're not very comfortable. Many of them are not comfortable, no. and they're pulling out. Uh, was it the uh, was it uh, uh, Kevin Love? Kevin Love, but I'm saying even for the oh, women's Australia, team, the, the UNLV players. There's uh, a lady from a, a, a women's basketball player, one of their better players, said, nope, not doing it. Last up. minute, you know. I, I personally would have thought, move it to 2022. You have the winter and the summer Olympics that they originally Oof. did, and then come back two years later. Hey, we're coming right back. Wrap up our number one big sportsbook radio, Sirius Channel 204, and the Sports Grid Radio Network. 24-hour network. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Radio Network. All right, we're heading to the top of the hour. Hour number one, Vegas Sportsbook Radio from Sunset Station. Brian Blessing with Andy Isco. Stevie Slapshot's back in studio. We'll take you to 4 Eastern along the Sports Grid Radio Network. Scott Farrell gets you into the weekend. Our buddies Gabe Morenci, Cam Stewart coming up later, too. A lot of cool stuff on the network. We'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline at 1 Pacific, KSHP.com. Stevie and I uh, will start yapping about all the stuff that's about to happen. That was a fun show yesterday with Darren Dreger, Stevie, and it was nice to hear him say, who's got his finger uh, on the pulse of a lot of GMs, that we believe that this has to be, you know, an insane couple of weeks in terms of trades activity wrapped around Seattle, and he concurred. He said he he thinks this will indeed. We always say it, and then a lot of times it ends up being a dud, but I got a funny feeling, buddy. We're going to have a lot of news to be yapping about on the hockey side. Yeah, could could be as early as uh, later this afternoon, or certainly there'll be stuff uh, coming out tomorrow morning and in, into tomorrow afternoon. Seattle, there'll be a trade freeze where Seattle basically takes over control of the NHL uh, for five days. And, the, the, hey, Stevie, Graves, that was one of oh, your favorite yeah. guys. One of your favorite guys with the Avs. Mean, nasty, big. Yeah, yeah. They were going to lose him to Seattle, so they traded him to Jersey. Got a prospect and a second-round pick. I mean, you think they wanted to give or get rid of him? No, absolutely not. Well, at least get something for him, right? So that's what they're doing. And uh, here locally, I think the Golden Knights don't have to deal with Seattle. So it would not shock me if something later today, or as you said, as the deadline looms tomorrow morning, that Vegas maybe is able to, you know, cut a little smallish deal with somebody who's up against it having to deal with Seattle. But we'll dive into that a little bit more. I'm sure Chuck Esposito want to talk about the hockey and all the big news that's coming on that front, leading up to free agency in the uh, NHL draft and the expansion draft. Andy Isco is going to be with us for another hour as well. We love coming out on Fridays, out to Sunset Station, and we love doing it for you. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius Channel 2. and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Taking a very short break, and we're coming right back. Hour number two of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Twenty-four hours a day, every day. It's real, and it's here. We've got to come up with a better name for it than. 